The opinions expressed on the following audio program are solely those of the host and the guests. Burner Podcast is an independently produced, not-for-profit show and is not associated with the Burning Man organization or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are not representative of the entire Burning Man community and are presented here for entertainment purposes only. In short, calm the fuck down. It's just a podcast. It is episode number 56, and it is 144 days till the man burns as of this recording. Yeah, everyone from the team, the team, you know, our team, was out either at Desert Hearts or the Global Leadership Conference uh, this past weekend. This weekend that just passed by, you know. Saying this past weekend makes it sound like it was like a week ago or something. Um Everyone is having their own battles of returning to reality. Uh, online editor Romero has come back with a flood of ideas. Uh, Navjeet and Tori are both pumped about some of the big artists that they managed to lock down for Burner Podcast Presents Alkaline, uh, the DJ mix show that we do. Uh, Desert Hearts was pretty damn amazing. It was a really, really great event. Um, and this was mine and Nav's first time attending I'm not sure about Tori, actually, but this show has had a lot of connections with the Desert Hearts family. Our spinoff show, Alkaline, was, of course, co-founded by Amber Rose, who works very closely with the DH crew. The opening theme of Alkaline is produced by none other than Mikey Lyon, who I interviewed on episode number 11 of this show, and Papa Lee, the legendary... Lee Reynolds, uh, was our guest for episode number 35. So there's a lot of connections. Um, And it was about damn time that we attended. And again, I kind of lost my voice for a little bit, but it came back fast because I ate really well and uh, I was really healthy the whole time. Uh, And it was a damn good time. I I definitely recommend you check out this festival. Uh, Resident Advisor, you know, Vice, all these big names are are telling you about it. And finally, I was like, all right, I should, you know, fucking go. Uh, And I had some very deep spiritual connections with friends, old and new. And the thing about Desert Hearts is that it has this one stage, right? One vibe, one stage, yada, yada, yada. That's sort of like their their gimmick, if there's a gimmick. The thing that does, uh, that that does, having this one stage, is that um, it helps cure your FOMO. FOMO is fear of missing out, by the way, for the three of you who don't know what that means. The, the music doesn't stop, and it's always in the same spot, so... If you decide that right now is the time to sit down and have a three-hour conversation with somebody, you can do that, and you're less likely to get antsy. Well, I don't know about you, but I definitely, like, sometimes do. Like, I'll get this FOMO, and sometimes it can be harder to really sit down and get into some of those conversations. And the days and the nights totally blur together um, on Sunday, I ended up knocking out like before sunset and not waking up till like 8 a.m. the next day. Uh, one more alkaline side note, by the way, Joe P, who is going to be featured on an upcoming alkaline sesh, we say sesh when we're really cool, was the stage manager and it was really great watching him up there. He's come a long way building himself in this industry. So it was, it was pretty cool to see all these connections being made. 
I brought that last bit up, uh, honestly, mostly because I was about to call out the fact that I have like no idea how to transition to today's show's topic. But it, it just, I, I, just saying that, I just realized, honestly, that it is the perfect contrast. Uh, Desert Hearts is, in many ways, the stereotype of what people think this community is all about. But today's show is about a camp, or a not a camp, they'll clarify that they're not a camp, that does very little of the unts, if any at all. You're going to hear during the following conversation about how this not a camp prefers uh, Morrissey and karaoke and guitars. Guitars! You know, in case you weren't familiar, are those weird little instruments you hear in live bands recordings that DJs don't play. That play a lot of the uns uns uns. I make fun because I, I think I'm funny. The the TLDR, the too long didn't read version, is that the Zara Sports League started as a burner sports league. Sorry for their redundancy, and eventually evolved, possibly even mutated into a not a camp. This interview was really a lot of fun for me, and it was it was really much needed. I had like a really long day that day before we sat down to start recording. And when we started the conversation, it immediately flowed so easily. And I had this like really great moment where I was like, oh yeah, that's why I do this. No matter how exhausted I get, no matter how tired I am, that's why I sit down and I record these things. Um, And you're gonna hear the voices of multiple XSL members during the following recording. And as you'll hear them clarify, member is a very strong word. It's just the word I used for this sentence. Uh, a couple of them will sound familiar, uh, Cable and Cass, both of whom you may remember from previous SD Cap roundtable episodes of this show. Uh, there are going to be tons of fun stories of goofing around, uh, water sports competitions and apartment complexes, uh, playing golf on playa, that was definitely my favorite part, uh, and silly outfits. So if Desert Hearts is the stereotype of what people think burner culture is about. I feel like the XSL is closer to what I'd argue the epitome of it is. You like that? You like how I brought that around? Like a professional radio asshole. They call that a they call that a bring around, not a reach around, as some of you might be thinking. Okay, enough of me babbling. Though, though, by the way, I would like to thank Ellie of Denver, Colorado not to be confused with Ellie of Denver, Florida, for her email saying that she and her boyfriend would love to hear more of me. Thank you so much for your email. I'm sure many people hate that advice. <laughs> They're like, God, I just got to shut the fuck up and get to the interviews. Uh, but thank you. I'm, I'm going to make, you inspired me to make a stronger effort to shout you guys out more often when you send in emails. We do get emails pretty regularly thanking us for the shows and, and sharing some of the cool things that they learned out of it and all stuff. So we're going we're gonna to make a stronger effort to share that more often. And the only reason that we don't is because time and stuff. Uh, but we do appreciate the fuck out of you. Seriously. But enough of babbling. Uh, I swear. Uh, today's episode is entitled "The Zara Sports League." Well, there's no "the." It's just it's just entitled "Zara Sports League." Zara spelled with an X. <laughs> I go by Mister Arash, even though nobody calls me Mister. Welcome to Burner Podcast.
Podcasting, I, mean, I always tell people, like, it's the same advice I give people who, and people constantly reach out to me to get advice on, like, how to start a podcast, what things to pay attention to, and I always start telling them right away, I'm like, listen, Richard, it's not going to get you laid, <laughs> <laughs> not going to get you laid, the numbers are real slow, uh, you're not going to get paid much, if ever, um, unless you're, like, at, like, Joe Rogan level, right. and, like, that means you're, like, at the top of the iTunes thing, um, and it's just kind of this thing that you do if you're, I don't know, kind of an idiot. <laughs> you like really long hours, and no, you get you get to you get to have this experience where, like, honestly, what I would do right now at the end of my day is I'd probably <coughs> go like lay on my bed and watch a pirated episode of The West Wing and eat microwave broccoli, <laughs> and that would be my day. <laughs> but instead, I'm here at the table with you guys. And this is a much better thing to add to my life experience <laughs> than laying on my bed, watching a pirated episode of West Wing and eating microwave broccoli. You say that now. Yeah, I was I just going to say, you're going to go home and you're going to be like, I wish I had the microwave broccoli. <laughs> but I, I do not like the smell of microwave broccoli. Oh, I, oh my God. I, I, uh, I threw some in the, because um, it's the ones from Trader Joe's, you know, you like clip the corner and they're designed to get microwave. Huh. And um, I threw some in the microwave in the office last year. <laughs> And I guess the smell got so bad that some people called maintenance thinking that there was a sewage smell. It's going to smell like sewage. Staff goes from El Pollo Loco. I'm like... Yeah, we used to have somebody in our office that did that too. But he used those like little from Pampered Chef, like the little pots that like... Do they keep the smell in? No! Yeah. Cruciferous vegetables. There's got to be... I know that there's like that um, lemon trick. Like if you pour that on onions... It helps you stop crying. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if it can do anything to the broccoli, though. Yeah, if you're if you're eating the asparagus and the broccoli and then the lemon, it's not going to taste good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how much lemon you're, you're eating with that. Like, we're on now, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like this yeah. the beginning. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Right, we're going to mostly talk about microwave broccoli. <laughs> I was like, who should I get on the show? We can discuss microwave broccoli for the next hour and a half. I know, it's really exciting stuff. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, cool. It's, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to go around the room. You're going to introduce yourself. Um, and you are going to say what your favorite microwave dish is. And let's start with not cable. Okay. Not, <laughs> not cable is uh, loves hot pockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which ones? Um, pepperoni is my favorite. Yeah. Um, ham and cheese if I'm feeling like a breakfasty thing. Yeah. Um, 
They've, they've, uh, what's the, uh, never mind. Do you prefer, so, are pizza rolls in that pizza, general? Pizza rolls were a younger thing. That was more like, you know, once I hit 18, I went full hot pocket. Really? Yeah. You just felt like it was like a grown-up thing to do. Well, and also, like, it's you know, hot, po- hot pocket's better in the microwave than yeah. uh, pizza rolls. Pizza rolls you gotta put in the oven to really enjoy them. Right. Toaster oven. Yeah. Toaster oven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because I... I I feel like what I like about the pizza rolls is that I'm getting a little more dough, if that's what you want to call what that mm. substance is that's wrapping around the other substance that we believe to be meat. Mm-hmm. But uh, And I get to dip it in ranch. And I just don't feel like I can really pull that off with the Hot Pocket for some reason because the ranch falls right off of it. Well, I think a Hot Pocket you're committing to like, you're committing yeah. to a meal yeah. whereas with like the pizza rolls you're like, yeah, I'm just going to have a snack. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I have commitment issues. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, in the morning after a long night, you wake up and there's, you know, broccoli and pizza rolls all over your bed. And you're like, <laughs> it's a good night. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> you should see what you're like, that's not ranch. Pocket. That's not ranch. <laughs> and by that, we mean it's semen. <laughs> like out of your penis. <laughs> The, the hot pocket is flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> that, by the way, I'm sorry. That always kind of scares me a little bit because I still hear flashlight, uh, and my mind immediately goes towards the pain of jamming my junk into a flashlight where the batteries are supposed to go. Okay. Okay. End of conversation. That made you uncomfortable. Fuck. The rest of the show is going to go real slow. <laughs> go ahead. Um, actually, everything you guys have just said, I've pretty much made meals and lived on that stuff for years. Uh, ranch dressing is crucial to all those things, but mm-hmm. I like, would, like, do you have a favorite ranch? Because well, I, I can Oh, see, I can't. I can't do. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, there's it? a there's a place in New Mexico that bottles their own ranch. It's Dion's Pizza, oh. and they bottle their own ranch, and it's like. Renowned in Albuquerque. Can you buy it like online or something like that? I, I, I think you can. I think they I would shoot pro- you if they knew you ate a pizza roll with it. Like, <laughs> no. it's artisanal. Right, it is. You eat it with Dion's pizza, right? You get Fancy Dion's pizza ranch. And eat it with their ranch dressing. Anyway, but what's funny is I guess their facility like broke down or something and they were like outsourcing their ranch and people were like it was it, it was so up in arms it's a riot. in the newspaper my sister texted me she's like I have this bottle of ranch <laughs> it's disgusting and I can't believe that it's just betrayal it, it is. was big time betrayal because say, they like, didn't say anything yeah yeah you gotta let people know because people are like really 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 like but you know they're with their brands now their I know stuff. that one day I will have to let you try the yeah Ken's Buttermilk Ranch, by the way, is mine. Oh, I've not had that one. That sounds good. It's yeah. usually on clearance. I put I put ranch on a lot, a lot of things, but I actually, my what I was going to say about my favorite was any kind of like Mexican, like a burrito mm. or enchiladas or okay. any of that steak. So uh, on that ranch connection topic, the thing that I have absolutely been addicted to for many years, like obsessively I eat every Sunday, the buffalo chicken quesadilla from Vallarta Express. Ooh. Which is like buffalo chicken strips in a quesadilla, and it comes with both guacamole and ranch. Oh, that sounds so really with good. Every bite, you can decide if you want a Mexican or an American bite. <laughs> wow. mm. Like really mixing it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, really like it. But what is your favorite microwave dish then? 
Well, yeah, it, I don't know, like all of the above. You mean um, like those cheesy burritos? No, those like like, those... like like I can get one out of the freezer for you if you want. But they're just like these little burritos. They come in a pack, and you actually the same kind that like you get them at Costco. You, the yeah. same kind that the you orange can, and red that went to the yeah, orange like and the, the blue bur- bags and the red. Yeah, that you could get at a convenience those are store. Horrible. So can I go and raid your freezer? See what's in there. I'm going to raid your freezer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a Mexican hot pocket. Well, it is. It pretty much is. Yeah, Mexican hot pocket. I can't believe we're. I did not imagine we were going to start like this. <laughs> but uh, my name is Bobby. And, oh, I didn't even say my name. Uh, I'm Cassie. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go with the good old microwave burrito. Mm. I'm like, that's the old standby. Yes. I'm like, he found the microwave. There's chimichanga. some chimichangas oh, in there. Yeah, I, I found a chimichanga, a chicken and Monterey Jack cheese chimichanga. Yeah. Why, why that's like the cousin of the burrito. Yeah. yeah. It is very burrito Would you like it? We'll get microwave for you. You know what? I haven't eaten it today. It's deep frying, but you need to fry it to make it. Okay. But you can microwave it. You can still microwave it. You can take it home with you and do we, it anyway. We don't deep fry them. We microwave them. Everyone can have one. All the way out. No. Not at <laughs> home. That's too much effort. Is it the XSL goodie bag that we're going to walk out of here yeah, with? Yeah, right. Jimmy Chung is for everybody. <laughs> Jimmy Chung, motherfucker. <laughs> we didn't plan it, but we're we're on a shredded steak, three cheese burrito. All right. Mm. Now we're getting fancy. All right. You want one? This is good listening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are, are we or are we not all of a sudden really familiar with the energy of this group? Oh yeah. That's how it is. <laughs> right. We well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have some microwave celery coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> burrito it's like a good bean and cheese burrito just like cheap like super cheap and microwave i love it with some salsa and some sour cream I've never do you have a favorite salsa cream. um well no yeah well <laughs> one thing you don't know about steph is is steph and i have this connection on anything in the the chipple family and the dipple family <laughs> Chips and dips. What can you dip? Yeah, it's like if you can <laughs> dip chip. it from a chip kind of thing. Yeah. When we go on camping trips, it's like who's bringing what tip, chips and dips? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was in third grade before I could actually speak English, and I remember discovering the ranch and the ketchup at the free lunch table thing. And I started to dip the pizza in both. Yeah. At that time, I was ridiculed. But I know now that I was a trailblazer. Yes, oh, yeah. Right. No, no. That's like North Park quality. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's hipster shit. Yeah. Killing it. <laughs> trailblazing. <laughs> Double dipper. So you can't beat the salty goodness of a hungry man meal, if you ask me. Ooh. The guy with the fake accent is Ben, by yeah, the way. Yeah, by the way, it's totally fake. It's, it just makes me sound smart and sexy, but anyway. Um, sexy. Sexy. That's why you married me. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Marie Callender's pot pies. Oh, well. that's a good one. They, they go yeah. down very well. But See, that's another one that's got to go in the oven for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree. They're better in the oven. Even the Hungry Man meals as well. Better in the I can't do Hungry Man. No. You can't do them. You're not no. hungry enough, friend. No, I like I like all the Marie Calendars. I don't feel like yeah. they're manly enough. Yeah. Yeah, that Salisbury steak looks kind of scary to me. Mm-hmm. Like every time I look at the picture, and they're like really super ridiculously no, yellow the, corn. The, the, the picture looks great until you cook it, and then mm-hmm. then it's like 
That doesn't look so oh, good. Oh, the Hungry Man, um, the dessert, the apple pie. Yeah. That is bomb. Yeah, I like wish I could just order like a, a like a tray of that. But it's yeah. not an apple pie, it's just an apple sludge. I, really. Oh, it's wonderful. Apple yeah. sludge. Yeah. But it, it is great. It, 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 it's, it's, it's like someone took like one of those Taco Bell empanadas and just smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> apple sludge. <laughs> No, but they're great if you have a wife who disappears for a long time and you're home alone. It's like, yeah, they're better in the oven, but I'm too lazy. Uh, Microwave much quicker. But that's my go-to. Well, the the reason that this is extra entertaining is that um, last year, the Poetry Slam, um, which is more like a cook-off. It's, it's both. It's a poetry slam and cook off. off. Yes. For those who don't want to slam, a, they can cook. Right. right. How's about a microwave off? That might definitely be a thing. Uh, I went to a Super Bowl party recently where they had a um, mac and cheese off. And it was like 20 mm. different kinds of mac and cheese. Uh, that that cable so, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the cook off actually ends up being that. Like, yeah. you know, three <laughs> mac and cheese off. Back, yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember though, I, I, I was eating and it was me and. Navji, and we were, we're eating, and I just kept turning to him and saying, everything I've bitten into here, bitten, bit, bit. bitten, what's bitten mm-hmm. into? Bit. Is everything, I've, everything I've shoved into my mouth here has been more delicious than anything I've eaten at a restaurant like in the past year. Not even exaggerated. People bring it. That's the cook-off. Yeah. People yeah. bring it. That's for sure. But Bubby's found a way of like turning everything into a competition. <laughs> and that's part, of, that's part of what we'll get to probably with the XSL, but like... <laughs> It's like, yeah, at one point, uh, uh, so, someone came up with the idea of the poetry slam. He's like, okay. It, it was Aurel. And Aurel was just, uh, she was like, is there anything you won't turn into a competition? And I was like, no, I can turn anything into a competition. And she was like, what about poetry? And I was like, bet. We, we, <laughs> could, we could turn poetry into a competition. And that's how the slam came to be. And it's probably one of our most successful events where people who have no interest in sports at all they get together and they compete in poetry and they compete in food and drinks mix, and mixologists compete in drinks and we judge it all and and people get very um, lots of judging yeah and, but people get excited about coming in first place or second place or third place just being recognized yeah for uh being you know great at what they do and it's not all always about sports. Sometimes it's about anything that we can compete in. And competition, in my opinion, is a good thing. It makes you a better. It makes you want to be better. So let's say you had three mac and cheeses on the table and you didn't win. Maybe next year you'll come back and you'll think, you know what? I'm gonna add bacon. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, see, and, and that's a mistake because you lose the vegetarian vote. You really have to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's important to really think ahead on these things. That's funny. Bacon flavor? <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you broken down what the percentage of vegetarian attendees is? It's yeah. enough for me to win every year the mac and cheese because uh, I'm not adding bacon. It. it doesn't matter if the table doesn't give a shit. He <laughs> <laughs> keeps winning. Yeah. So like, bring your own food if you're a veggie. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Bobby, like, especially early on, he's uh, stepped away from it a little bit, but he used to come up with these really arcane point systems. <laughs> <laughs> together we were like how can we compete and then we created this entire point system for every competition and it wasn't just 
competing in like like sport like things it was competing in fashion you know like when we were going to these sport things we would create uh, who, had create, the best, who had the best outfit on the most fashionable player the and MFPs, you got points yeah right? the MFP right. yeah. and and we would and then you would get points for like going we, we would have sporting events then we would have field trips you know where but, we did things but we, still on do, the road. we still do MFP for golf I know we still do we still do MFP at every event Okay, okay, explain MFP. Nine. The most fashionable player. No, okay. well, we don't do it every event, but it's we try to do it a couple it's, of it's a vote by players, so if you decide to get high all night, don't go to bed and play golf, or if you get up at the crack of dawn and play golf, whoever's the sexiest player... Get up at dawn and do some crap. Not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> the sexiest player. Sometimes it's just the person who's, well, put, this who's put the most thought into their outfit. One year, I'm sure I was the sexiest. <laughs> But I was a guy and a chick beat me. Uh, you know, you've yeah. brought up you've brought up your sexiness now two I, or three times. I don't think it's going to really cross over. I think you're a little on radio. he's going to look for radio. I'm still yeah. better from that day. Than <laughs> your, I, your voice is totally sexy, but you know, I'm still better from the day that I was super sexy and I lost. How many how many years has uh, the poetry slam been happening? The poetry slam, our first poetry slam was in right before the burn in two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. And how long has XSL existed? Since two thousand and six, officially. Okay. So let's go back to that beginning, that that faithful day sure. when this thing happened. You're you're pointing. There were two things that there were two things that happened in two thousand and six. Um, the first one was the World Baseball Classic, which happened here in San Diego. And we attended it. Um, it was myself and um, Kingsley and Sean the Umpire and Serotonin. We had a great time. And we wanted to have our own sort of World Series for ourselves. Um, that was one of the things that was a catalyst. The second thing that was the catalyst was um, we were involved in the Zara Arts Festival, which... Um, happened in Zara del Zura, up on top of a mountain at a monastery. Um, and myself and Jason Baird and Mark Hinckley, uh, we put this art festival together. First we did it in 2005. We built this city and um, we didn't have anything to do in the daytime. Yeah, that was 2004. Probably 2004 was the first one. Okay. Thank you. What the first Zardo? The first Zardo. 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 Excuse Zardo. me. Well, when I got involved, it was in two thousand and five. And that's all that matters. Well, from my, from my point of view, from my point of view, um, you know, we built this great city. It was a great art festival, but um, you know, at the end of it, we were like, you know, there wasn't enough stuff for us to do. There was lots of DJs, um, but and there was there was art and stuff like that. But we felt like there wasn't activities for us who enjoyed competition, who enjoyed. Athletics who enjoyed doing things in the day. Yeah, you know there wasn't really a lot. There was just a lot of people just zoning out, but not really organized or doing anything. And you were telling me before that that's like something that moves you quite a bit. Is uh, number one competition, but also like sports activity. You feel that there isn't enough attention for that in this community as a whole, right? Because it's a performance piece as well. Mm -hmm. It's a spontaneous performance piece. It's um, it's. Exactly. So, um, sports is that you're describing as a sports and competition. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So the second year when we went back and Mark asked me, uh, to help him do the festival again, we, we were like, well, there's things that we want to do. 
um, like we want to play golf and we want to have a wiffle ball game and we want to do these things in the daytime. And he has certain conditions. The first one was, you know, nobody can get hurt. Um, okay. <laughs> so we had to show that him a promise you can make. So we had to show him a wiffle ball because he he was like, if somebody <laughs> gets hit with a, a line drive baseball or a golf ball, yeah. you know, that those are big problems. So right. we had to show him wiffle balls are plastic. And Bernard Bern turns the fastest moving. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the daytime. <laughs> he was also convinced that we would never get enough players to do anything. He was just, he was just like, no, these, you know, burners aren't interested in sports at all. Huh. Um, they're not, he's like, as long as nobody gets hurt, you can try it. So, um, uh, the other thing that Mark wanted and was very important to him was that we build a mythology, uh, with our how we do things as far as, far as, as building two different teams. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of burners or people, they have a stigma with sports because they feel like when they were in school, they didn't get picked first, they got picked last. Yeah. And it was just a horrible experience for him. Most of us were the band geeks. Yeah. Or you were a band geek or something yeah. like that. So we had to explain it to Mark how... We were going to build these two teams. Everyone would make their own uniforms. We would have a game that people knew the rules, but we would change the rules and make it more fun. For instance, if you got a hit and you got the first base, you have to drink a beer, you know, and from second to third, you get to do a silly walk, you know, so we, we changed the game a little bit and we also allowed people to make their own uniforms and so forth. Um, and then we, came up with two teams. One was the Purple Haze, and the other one was the Orange Juicers. But don't you want to tell the Pink Stink story? I do but, want to tell that, you know? I want to tell us about stink. the Pink Stink. But my, my team is the Purple Haze, but that wasn't the original name of the team. That When we were brainstorming, I wanted the team to be the Pink Stink. Is this going to be appropriate for our young listeners? <laughs> That's what, you know, a lot of women didn't like the thread at all. It didn't fly as well as I thought it would. Um, so th that was the kind of, Mark gave us the okay. And um, the, the third thing that happened was there, there's a person here who's not here who's really important. His name is Jason Baird. Um, oh, shit. And... <laughs> And he's a little bit like... He's totally here. He's standing in the corner. <laughs> oh, you would know if he were here. <laughs> no. Hey, Bobby! He would still be talking about the 2007 game. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, the he's, he's one, one, of, my, Rivers, he's one of my best <laughs> friends and worst enemies combined. Um, and we were working together. And I have to tell this story really quick. I met him uh, on the first day. And we instantly bonded because we were both crazy Laker fans. Uh, we built this city and he was late for work and I was just constantly giving him shit even though he was my lead. Uh, and at the end of the day, I challenged him. We both got on a boat in the middle of a lake and stood on the end of the boat and tried to knock the other person off. And um, as hard as we could, we couldn't knock the other person off. And we even turned opposite directions so you couldn't see the person <laughs> and try to knock the person off the boat. And, and we couldn't. How did and, you come up with the idea to do this? Well, because the, there was a boat and a lake right there. So, <laughs> so You're right. Why, so, why is that not so, the first thought that I had? And, and, and we had been sort of confrontational all day long. And it just felt like a good way to end the day. Like, I'm going to 
try to put this guy in the water. You know, and I think since then, and and he became the coach of the Orange Juicers, and um, I I was on the Purple Haze. So it's like we've sort of always been against each other. Uh, and he's one of the founding members, and he's not here. And I just wanted to make sure that you know right. his presence was felt. Fucking bastard! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like Professor X and Magneto. <laughs> A little bit. If you're a comic book geek like I am, sure. Okay. You know, absolutely. Magneto is the man who can... No, 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 no. Is that you or him? Oh, you know, uh, he he's definitely the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. He's definitely yeah, the, bad he's guy. the bad guy. Yeah. He's definitely the bad guy. Well, I mean, many would argue that Magneto's not the bad guy. It's just he believes in mutant rights above The Brotherhood of Evil <laughs> Mutants. Yeah, that was just it was in the 80s. They had, you know, difficulty naming... Anyway, I digress. Moving forward. So you try to knock him into the water. Neither of you succeeds. Right, 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 and um, and Three from days later. And, and, and from <laughs> there, and, and from that moment, me and him were against each other, and and it's been going on uh, for a long time now. But that uh, you know, to get the history of the very beginning of what happened in two thousand and six, those were the things that sort of happened. Those those are things that actually happened that were the catalyst to us forming the league, and um, you know, making it a real thing. What does XSL stand for? The Zara Sports League. Oh, there you go. Or the Zara Sports Lounge, if you're right. at Utopia. And now, yeah. now it stands for the Zara Sports Lounge. That's absolutely true. How many people were in that initial incarnation of the league altogether? Probably about 20. Probably like 10 about. on each side? Yeah, 10 on each side. How, how many of them were selected like five minutes before the game started? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we bought hats and for for everybody. Yeah, bought so hats. We bought hats for everybody, so you know it was. Burners really, love swag. Yeah, we, Burners <laughs> love swag. So you're just like, hey, you want to play on my team? I will give you this free hat, and they were they were there. How many hats did you buy? Ten. So it was ten. Uh, ten or twelve. Ten. ten or twelve. Ten or twelve, for sure. So, so okay, so you're a sports league. Would you? Did you guys? Consider yourself a camp? Like, how did you... Was there any organization? No, not, not at all. You want to take Yeah, this? so Bobby and I got together in 2008, and um, I'm very competitive, very sports-minded, too, and that was kind of like a... We really gelled in that in that regard, and... Where, how did you guys meet, by the way? Um, Mutual friend? No, 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 no. Burning Man, we... So... I had a friend back in the day when Mutual everything burner friend. Burner, no, back in the day when everything was on tribe. A friend of mine was part of this group called the Zara Sports League, and I thought, why the hell is she a part of this group? She hates sports, yeah. you know. And so I found it, and so we started talking about playing golf at the burn. And I was supposed to meet up at the burn, and it, it just that was the night of the eclipse, and the, and the man burned twice, so I didn't make it. And then um, we met at DCOM in 2007 in October of 2007, and. Uh, you know, he took one look at me and he just couldn't get enough. So that's yeah. how we met. And then that's how I met Cable, too, and playing golf um, at DCOM. So that was in October 2007. Nice. Okay. But um, what was the question? That, well, that was the question. Oh, no. Oh, the camp concept. So we've always been, we're very, we try to be very inclusive. We don't like to turn people away. You know, we want to make sure everybody feels welcome and, 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 um, We've never been a camp, but a lot of our, our folks, we've always walked amongst the tribes, if you will. You know, we have people from all different kinds of places. Various camps. Yeah. Well, for the first couple of years, like, it was sort of anti-camp. Yeah, it well, was that's very what we're anti-camp. anti-camp. We're 
not going to be that way. That's not who we are. That kind of thing. And we don't want to be a clique. Right. We're, we don't want to be a clique. We want everybody to feel like they can be a so part of the XSL. We've only been a camp two years, really. No, no, no. So in like 2012. As a camp at DCOM. Well, about 2012. Um, I think that was around 2012, 2013. No, 2012. Um, you know, because Utopia was getting big and we have these events that we do during the day. And so I didn't want, I personally didn't want all of our, our, our folks to be, you know, spread out. So I suggested to folks say, Hey, do you want to camp together? I know we've always said we're going to do our own thing, but you want to camp together. And people were like, well, hell yeah, let's do it. You know? And that was the first time, and I mean, it's just—it's a great fucking camp. I mean, but it's like the better equivalent of like, hey, like, why don't you, why don't you spend the night tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You don't have to leave your toothbrush or anything, but just like you know, yeah, let's just see how it goes. Yeah, we'll go to brunch tomorrow. This is our third year of the actual lounge. At the end of the day, right? Two thousand twelve. Uh, well, two thousand seventeen will be lounge, the lounge. The lounge. Yeah. Two thousand seventeen is the third anniversary of the lounge. Okay. Yeah. Before that, we were. A a ragtag crew, but we've, we've actually <laughs> organized as a solid lounge now with an amazing camp, yeah. artists, everything. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to that right now. I'm sorry, Cable. No, I was just gonna say like there was ne- like there was never really this like until recently the official camp, but there's been like these four Costco's that have like basically like just like, <laughs> <laughs> name on it every year and like you know it's like only recently has SSL associated with the name. Yeah, but I mean it's you guys have been basic. hanging out for you guys have been dating for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Like we finally moved, we moved in. Yeah, you know? been dating for a long yeah. ass time. Yeah. Cable and Bobby go way, way, way back. I see. Well, well, and I think you got married about three years ago. Okay. Okay. It was. It's about time. We, we were dating for yeah. a long time. I guess it did. It kind of started with Cable's Bar, right? You were kind well, of... Well, the lounge. The camp. The, the lounge, lounge and the camp. The right. bar, the decom bar. Okay, hold on. I want, I want to make sure yeah. we get this timeline order. Okay, okay, so 2008... Six. Six. I knew that. Was when um, uh, when Zara's first thing first happened. Oh, yeah. At Zara. Right. right. And then uh, 2008 was a day of significance. That's when you Because when we got together, we started, like... I mean, the first thing started totally because it was going to be... We were going to compete each other against go in go-karting, and whoever had to lose had to wear a French maid outfit. And and then it kind of morphed into this thing where we had we invited all of our friends to go go-karting, and that became like the first event of that year of different things that we do. Because we've done go-karting and paintballing and water sports and the poetry slam and... That's so now, so that's the thing. So it'll be the next landmark. Uh, it makes sense, right? Is right. The, the in 2008, Cassie really took marketing... And the utilization of Facebook um, and the Zara Sports League to a whole other level where we had a central She just location. made an event. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just made all the events. Bobby used to never actually tell anyone something was about to happen until like a minute before. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> like, no, we're gonna we're gonna put, bring some order to this. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna utilize this new technology. It's called the Facebook. Yeah. Right. But with that we started doing a lot of events that were not on camping trips and we became very outrageous in public areas where we would have a bunch of burners show up to a a roller skating rink and we would call it the prom and half the people would be wearing official prom gear and the other half would be wearing their best playa gear. (laughs) And it would freak everybody out. And, you know, it's really easy to be outrageous on the playa, but try being outrageous at your local 
um, skating rink. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. see how that is, you know, and... And this was, I'm sorry, 2009, you said? We did yeah, after Kuyo's. 2008. Yeah. Kuyo's on the roller coaster thing. So, no, I, I think that, that's significant because... Bowling, I mean... Bowling, go kart yeah. racing, right. splatter, paintballing, everything. I, this is this is strictly like my completely anecdotal observation, but like I feel like right now it's 2017. Right. There is a lot more burner influence in mainstream culture, and so you have a lot more people that are absolutely not burners who have gotten into the spirit of oh let's get weird. And I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they're really just getting weird at like their friend's bachelorette party and weird as in quotes. But, uh, but 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 you're right. Back then, it was kind of re- uh, like revolutionary yeah. <laughs> to to go do the kind of shit that we were doing on Playa, like do it out in public. Yes, mm-hmm. that was a big thing. That, yeah, you know, it really was. And Caskey helped um, really influence that and organize it and take it off Playa. Yeah, you know. And then we started doing other things, just going on sporting field trips, like going to Del Mar opening day. You know, um, giving my managers at my apartment complex like a heart attacks three years in a row. Yeah, we did water. We did water sports at Cable's uh, building. Yeah, and you're going to need to elaborate on that. <laughs> well, yeah. So what, yeah, water sports. That was that, that was, was your baby. Yeah, that yeah, was my baby. baby. I was like, Shocking. I, 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 I <laughs> lived at uh, this uh, apartment complex called Sleepy Hollow. That had uh, was it really called Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, you lived in Sleepy Hollow over in Hillcrest. I'm envious of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it, uh, but it had like um, it was like a three three uh, floor apartment complex that surrounded a pool. Yeah. And so you had like that's where the horsemen couldn't cross. Right. And all year there was the, the pool was just silent. There was like one like elderly lady who walked back and forth in the pool all year with a book. It wasn't Brenda Dela Cruz, was that? <laughs> no, no. She she floats. She floats. Um, and then yeah, so I was like, we gotta use this pool for something. So we came up with the idea of water sports. Uh, <laughs> um. We're giggling because we're 12. And it's basically things like, you know, like, can, where you just do, like, a cannonball and... Belly uh, flop. It's a, it's a belly flop contest. Belly it's like flop. the Aqualung contest, the volleyball... Relay race where you, like... T-shirt relay T-shirt race. Really, yeah. yeah. And with, you know, we'd get, like, 40, 50 people, like, around the pool and... Wait, wait, wait. I just got to mention. <laughs> the Aqualung champion who's never been defeated is sitting at the table right here... He holds the record. He's ho- he's held his he's breath. Holding his breath right now. He's, hold- he's holding his breath right now. He he has the record two minutes and thirty two seconds. He's never been defeated. Aqua Ben. He's standing right there. Be sexy Ben. Ah, <laughs> Maybe the accident is a result of uh, brain damage from holding your brain. <laughs> no, I, I seriously look like I've had a seizure after that competition. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm kind of white and shaky a bit, but it, two minutes is it? Two, two minutes. Two minutes 32. That's nothing compared to the five minutes I did as a. Uh, that, what is it? 15 year old kid at boarding school lying on the bed and just. Cable likes where this story's going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop right now. I, I've seen him naked so much. <laughs> like, like, that's no. the thing about burners. Like, you know, it's like you see, you've seen all your friends naked usually. Like after a year or two, <laughs> like, and it's always like it's kind of funny when like a new person kind of comes into the group and like they're not quite comfortable with it yet. You're like, oh, this is really funny because we've all seen every part of each other. Right. <laughs> it's okay, you'll come around. <laughs> 
A lot of us have just shaved, shaved them, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that Shave Your Tank Camp? We were going to do that mm. one year. Yeah. Shave yeah. Your Tank? Shave Your Tank Camp. That's very specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about, we should it's still my dream. I know. The Ginger Off. The Ginger Off, yeah. Ginger Off. <laughs> so, uh, you guys, taking you're, you're taking the playa out into the streets. XSL is, you don't want to label it as like a crew or whatever, but it, you guys are hanging out more. Because, you know, there's like a limited supply of crazy ass fuckers and, you know, you kind of find each other and you start hanging out more often. So, uh, the Poetry Slam starts around the same time? 2008, yeah. Okay. How did that come about? Uh, and, and, and I just want to sort of clarify there too, also. It's not the same people at every event. No. Like, no. you know, like the Poetry Slam is a very different, like, make makeup than water sports or, you or know. golf. Or, or golf. Or golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's always this intention of bringing in fresh meat. Right, right, right. You know, I, I, I'm a fan of that. So, it's, I mean, there's there's a core group, as it is with any yeah, group, though, right? There is, yeah. I mean, there's no subculture or community that you go to that doesn't have sort of like this core, the people that are making the plans. And we're and unique. Your friends come. We're, no, we're, <laughs> no, we're different. We're different. No, we're different. Totally different. Yeah, you're yeah. not far off. Okay, so the poetry song, how did that happen? So a friend of ours who was lived in San Diego at the time, and she was involved, you know, uh, we met them all um, at DCOM 2007, and we all got involved at the same time, hanging out, doing these crazy events. And she had the best backyard. So and she had a great backyard. We always did Friday cocktails there. And then she got into the conversation with Bobby about, you know, the competing. Her about name it. is RL, and, and we love her. her name is RL, and she's awesome, and we love her. And her husband's name is Cog. Um... Anyway, she wants, she's into poetry, writing poetry, performing poetry, and she said, can we do an event? And Bobby's like, it's a duocracy, man, let's do it. Right, and that's a great thing about the league is that anybody can have an idea for an event, and if they want to champion it, we'll get behind them and go, okay, let's see how this goes. And The, the burrito's ready. <laughs> Is it an emergency? Uh-oh. Oh, it's a phone. Yeah. That is the weirdest ring on the planet. No, that's an emergency system. But but really? anybody It's can, probably an amber alert. Oh. But anybody can show up in an event and we'll run with it. Yeah. Uh, for as long as it'll go. And, you know, if we want to bring something back, we will. And if something's super popular and it clicks with a lot of different people and they like it, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep doing it. Uh, like, the Poetry Slam is... Probably one of our most popular events. It has, and it's really ridiculous because it doesn't have really a lot to do with sports at all. But we will turn it into a competition. But tell me about the first one. What was it like? Where was it? How it was, you yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. in it was in our own Cog's backyard, and um, our friends Dan and Zara, who are also very you know integral a part of this group. They live in Oregon now. They used to live in Riverside. You know, and they're musicians. You know, they have guitar, will travel, that kind of thing. They're, they all they don't leave home without it. You know, so they were I very... tried so hard to get a recording of uh, that song that they do at every party. Oh, really? Which <laughs> one? The Chitty song? That one. That would be nice too. No, the, the other one. Uh, I don't know what it's called. I have a song queued up for the break. We could we could do that. We could play it on the break. okay. <laughs> Just to show how yeah. sports can influence yeah. music. No, they're, they're phenomenal musicians, though. Yeah, they are. Well, anyway, um, they had like this like curtain thing that was like a backdrop to a stage, and they had um, you know PA. a PA with a mic, and and so there was probably maybe ten or fifteen of us, you know, that have been hanging around doing all these crazy things, and um, we just performed and we did it, and 
And it was a blast. It was 15 people, you said? Yeah. The first one? Wow. Probably, but, and, I guess. But the, the, the construction of the show was we wanted to make it a little bit American Idol and a little bit gong show. So we had five judges who would judge on a rating of uh, one to five. I don't even know if we had judges the very first no, time. We did. We, did. we, did. we, did. we, did. we did. had they? judges. Oh, we always had judges. And uh, the person. Judge. Yeah. Yeah, judge. the person had five minutes. And they could do whatever they wanted. They could sing, they could dance, they could uh, recite an original poem, they can recite something that was somebody else wrote that was really famous. How many judges? Five. And there was like fifteen people there. No, 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 fifteen performers. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. No, the entire backyard was like uh, filled with people. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's tons of people there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not ev- not everybody who was there actually right. performed. Yeah. So okay. So they better have cooked them. There, there was close no, to there was a lot of the, the first one wasn't as many people. The second one really went off because then we had the the cook off part of it. And who came up with the cook off idea? RL. RL. Okay. Because yeah. she's a great cook. She, she's a great cook, and she's like, "Why don't we do this?" And it just took the fuck off. And we're talking like baked salmon, like three tiered chocolate desserts, you know, like homemade marshmallows. I mean, just like. All the most amazing food, homemade like lasagna, home. I'm just, it was ridiculous. What's in marshmallows? Marsh sugar and mellows. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know it was possible to make marshmallows. Yeah, I guess it is. But um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. Gelatin, gelatin. So, yeah. Oh, so they're not vegan. They're not vegan. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah. gluten guys. Okay. They're not made out of steamed broccoli. <laughs> Darn. Are you inspired to perform at the next slam? Yeah. Right on. Uh, what are you, what are you thinking about perf- doing or performing? Yeah, so question to I you. What, I, what would you do? Yeah. You ask all the questions. Yeah. So. We're going to ask you a question. It's his podcast. I know it's his podcast. <laughs> no, we're flipping Beat the table. <laughs> what are you thinking? What, okay. would you, what would you do at five First minutes? First off, I, I can tell you, uh, I think that this year, the day you're doing it, is I'm scheduled for a shoot and I'm scheduled for somewhere else I'm supposed to be. So I can't go. Oh, uh, wow. Built in the house. No, but I do want to perform. And the thing I think about me that a lot of people don't know is I have an aggressively, shockingly dark sense of humor. So we could do a recording of you and play it. Oh, okay. You don't, you don't, you don't have a stand up set, do you? No. no. Anthony Cheseldex. I was going to come. Like, D- I was going to come DJ. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can make like a cut out of your face, yeah, and somebody could perform it. And, well, he's the know, designated poet. I am the designated exactly. poet. Okay. So if you want to write something down and give it to me, Ooh, I can read it on your behalf. Okay, but it can't be too long. Yeah, and it has to be sort of fun. Define too long. Too long is like uh, like something Shakespearean. Okay, you know more than a, more than twenty five lines. Yeah, that's too okay. long. <laughs> Send it to Vitali. Oh my god. Okay. He holds the record for, you know, pushing the limits of the five minutes. He's almost gotten the hook at least twice. Yes. <laughs> that is not at all shocking to me. <laughs> People who don't know Batali, uh, you guys can elaborate. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, what's in these points? Nah. 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 Dr. Evil okay. Oh, never mind. Yeah. He talks too long. Okay. Um, what, what, what kinds of performances did you have for the first couple? Like, how, how much did people push further out of the box on each year? Well, the first one, um, I mean, RL did a po- original poetry. Cog did some, her husband did some original poetry. Bogglemost. Remember Bogglemost? Oh, yeah. oh, my God. So he did some original poetry. I did. Um, it, it was pretty sincere. Like, the, yes. the, the first one, I felt like, 
had like this sense of like we're doing poetry. Well, <laughs> well, was, yeah. uh, uh, the first I did, I did, I, you, I don't know if you know, if you've ever heard of that song, that ACDC song called Squealer. Uh-uh. Oh, it's kind of dirty. And I, and I spoke that while writhing up and down RL. Nice. Uh, is that the one where I is that the one with cables between your legs? No, that's the second one. That was the, <laughs> that's actually the broccoli fart one. The broccoli virgin fart right, one. Right, that was. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. smell it still. Yeah. I, I would like to know. Oh my god, that was such a good poem. I know, it was, was great. People great were poem. dying. Yeah. The poem was about a broccoli virgin. It was about fart. a about a virgin who was gonna have her first time having sex, but she had broccoli for dinner and she was uh. farting. While you know? while she was trying to have while sex. she's trying to have sex and she's trying to be all sexy in her things. She's, <laughs> yeah, and then she woke up with cable between her legs. Yeah, she, <laughs> cable crawled, crawled between my legs while I'm like mouth farting into the microphone trying to read this poem. It was really funny. You almost and she was wearing fishnets. I did. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> oh no, I didn't win because we had a minor um, judging. Like, oh, judging issues. Yeah. There's always there's always a scandal. We it was controversial. <laughs> right. There's oh, always a controversy in any I got less dressed up in lingerie and everything to do that and this six year old judged me. It was brutal. He did not like the farting. He didn't yeah. Who what six year old doesn't like farting? Like, what, who, who brings a six year old to an event like that? <laughs> and who made him a judge? Oh, you're not being like facetious. Like it was no. a six-year-old. Well, he was probably eight, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still bitter. That was like then, eight. From that point on, we changed the rules that you had to be an adult to be a judge. You yeah. couldn't just decide you want to go drinking and hand, hand off your kid and hand judging. the kid the judging card. You couldn't do that anymore. That has <laughs> yeah. important responsibility, and it should be treated as such. Yes, right? it's very important. We take it very seriously. Not parenthood, judge. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it it was really structured where we were like, we're doing poetry now. And I remember I read um, The Man in the Arena because, you know, I felt like it was an important poem about being the one who is gutting it out. It just totally fell on deaf ears. It It tanked so badly. It was. And 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 that's the that's the. yeah. That's the great thing about competition is that it makes you go back to the drawing board and you're like, you know what, that might have been important to me, but it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. And I have to figure out something that works for the audience that I'm talking to or that I'm speaking to. And for me, you know, that went on to becoming the designated poet where I would start. And the first person I did that to was, was Cog. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I was like, you know what? Why don't we switch poems? I'll read yours and you read mine. You know, and that way we're not so emotionally attached to it. Yeah. And I can still strangers on a train. Yeah, and I can direct it and speak to it in a in a in a new and fresh way. Uh, and it, it was sort of it was a little funny, you know. And then I just took it to another level. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to grab other people's poems. I'm going to stuff a couple funny ones in my pocket that I'm going to pre-write and just not tell anybody that I'm going to be like, I'm going to blame it on you, this one, you know, but I wrote it. Um, <laughs> and they were shorter and they and were Jane funnier. And had to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. We He's discovered like, that recently. <laughs> but, journals. But that's a good example of how just competition will make you better, yeah. you know, in whatever you're doing, even if it's poetry. Do you think that the, is that a common thread amongst the people that are gravitated towards spending their free time with the XSL crew? The attraction to competition is that a thing? Uh, and beer. 
But we are so accepting of others and inclusive and such good sports that people aren't intimidated by us because they know... Unless it's the wiffle ball game. Sometimes yeah. people get a little intimidated. The wiffle ball game is, you know, completely different. I mean, we're all soft and fluffy about the rest of our stuff, but the wiffle ball game, that shit's intense because, number one, we've been competing against each other for years. Number decade. number two... Decade. Yeah, I mean, decade. we're like in year 11 now. Decade. Or 12. We're going into 12. Yeah. yeah. And, um... And number two, it's like bragging rights for a year. And I swear to God, well, half the time I only want to win just to shut Dan Davis up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, mostly Dan Davis. And you only get to play if you come to practice beforehand. Yeah. It's not like golf where you can just show up in the right. morning. Do, do the teams stay the same? Have they stayed no, the same? Well, or do people switch sides? No. Are you the no. There's been a couple not defectors, often. but you're, not often. Your blood runs orange, or your blood runs purple. Uh, 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 yeah, you know that's how. There have been a few trades on game day, but those are not people that have been in a team for any particular lo- amount of time. Right, they're expendable. The people that have been on a team for a long period of time, as much as, like, for instance, I would love to play on the Juice. I'm a big fan of theirs. I think they're really funny, and I love those guys. And the funny thing is, like, when people found out we were all had one camp together, they would be like, oh, my God, like, you must hate those orange juicer guys. <laughs> and I was like, no, they're some of my best friends. I love those guys. They I brought would, the cooking equipment. They brought, <laughs> they brought all the cooking equipment and beer. No, you know, um... But yeah, the the, uh, the alliance and the allegiance that you have with, with with your team makes it almost impossible to switch teams once you've yeah. affiliated yourself with one team or the other. And we have some. You, you've invested in like a lot of shitty orange clothes. Or purple. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like you're not gonna like. You're like at least Halloween comes once a year. You're not no. Yeah. yeah. Well, Steph we have we have a, we have an MVP at yes. the table. I was right just gonna say, and that's Steph. The first year that I played in 2010 at, I think it was the last Elysium that's when we were separated but the juicers all camped by themselves and the Hayes didn't really camp by themselves mm. and the juicers had their own camp and they were very con- they were a camp within they were a very camp connected and we oh, were yeah. kind of disconnected we were it's true and um but you guys I think they were the losers <laughs> they were the losers is that when they were on the hill I don't, I don't know where they were, but you guys went It was called Juicyville, man. Juicyville. You got invaded by ants. I have their... We stole their camps. I still have it. That's the middle of the night. You, me, Bobby. And me. We did They won their first... snuck into their camp, and we stole their campsite. I still have it. It's in the other room right there. I have a question. Has there ever been an attempt to start, like, a third-party... That could go against the two established parties. The pink tacos. So, oh, 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 thank and, you. And water sports has its own team. Yeah, the seahorse uh, sea yeah, sea and the clam diggers, but it's kind of almost the same. <laughs> it's almost the same. <laughs> yeah, that is a juicer haze. Well, so the, so two years, two years ago, it wasn't last year, it was the year before, so 2000, 
2015, um, the the ladies of both teams staged a coup where we were going to coup. tell coup, coup, <laughs> tell the guys that we were we've had enough. So we all wore um, pink jerseys. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, enough of what? Of the the male dominated <laughs> bullshit juicer pays bullshit. So, and, and you have to understand, XSL is basically run by women. We're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. Take what? Uh, whatever. Yes. It is. Most, mostly just to completely fuck with the guys. So we got all the girls together. We created this fake Facebook page called Coping with Cramps. So nobody would like like look over our shoulders and like go into our thing or whatever. And so we staged this coup. So we we all we wore our our pink you know shirts underneath our regular you know purple or orange jays. And so right in the middle of like one of the innings, I pitched a fit and I said we're not going to take it anymore. Pink tacos and all the girls ripped off their their orange jersey and we all had our pink taco um, and we were like we were going to play the guys. But then but then a couple of guys oh I'm not going to do that. And then um, Sean, the umpire, was like, get off the field. And then we we were just running around yelling, respect the taco, respect the taco. So there's a lot of performance art, like, with, like, it's like everyone really taking things a little too seriously and just sort of, just coming up with, like... That's the ridiculousness about it. When you see someone who's over 30... Maybe over (laughs) Bobby, getting so ridiculously intense over a game that 10-year-olds play better. (laughs) (laughs) Jay and Bobby fighting it out. You know, so I'm glad all of you guys have gotten into our feud in lots of different ways. So you said uh, 2000... 14 was the first time that you guys like kind of actively mm-hmm. pan- I'm sorry actively camped together at Utopia. Oh, no no no, it was it was about 2012. 2012. Okay, so I'm looking but at the timelines here. Yeah, so 2012 was the first time we actively camped together as a group. It was later And even that Burning Man you guys like everybody goes their own Yeah, place. yeah. But the lounge didn't show up until so, a couple years later. Yeah, the okay. lounge We're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah, the XSL lounge didn't show up until 15 uh, 15 was the first first year for the lounge. For the lounge. But we've been. But it was well, the same carports we've been using. Right, yeah. but, same but shit. trying to same get back airport. to your timeline, yeah. we've been camping together as a group for the Zara Sports League since about 2012. Okay, so what did any new dynamics come out of the group in that time period? Like actually camping together, did anything change? Or was it just? I think we got tighter. Actually, yeah, yeah. I I think we got tighter, and we've we've it's take, definitely the nicest group of people to camp with. It's it, I, I, I knock on wood. I mean, I don't want to like jinx it, but it's it's fucking amazing, and we have people that you know are kind of our orphans that have come and camped with us, and they're like, we've never had a camp like this before. You guys are ridiculously, no, and then we're like, get out, you're yeah. ruining it. I know, right? <laughs> made us tighter every year we do a list a teeny bit more teeny adjustment here and there and it's just been i just feel closer to everybody honestly and we're just we we all kind of have our own niche if you will and we work together and sometimes you know like you know i like last year i bowed out on the bar because i got really stressed out the year before but bobby stepped up and he took care of the lounge and he was art director and all this kind of stuff and then we came in behind him helping and and it was a, a smashing success. Smashing. It was. I think everyone's talents have been able to be expressed much more. We have musicians, we have bartenders, we have artists, mm-hmm. we have 
people have been able to flourish in their own skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before it was like someone's idea, now it's everybody's idea. So, right, and everyone you know, brings like a little piece yeah. of it. It's actually it's a, it's a, it's really collaborative in that sense, and everything sort of really seems to fall together pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I, I think you know, it's the I've been part of camps where everyone's like struggling to get everyone to do their part, and um, no, this is and the thing is, you know, I think you know, with a good camp, you you let the things fall by the by the wayside that don't. If if someone chooses not to do it, you, you can't get angry. I feel like them. we've delegated more yeah. to everyone, and it's just worked so well because we have a lot of talent, and that is that is the key. Do you guys look back and like wonder what took you so long to start camping together? No, I think we started camping together just the right time. Yeah, yeah. I really do. Why do you think that? You know, because before you know, I think we were smaller, and we and we didn't have you know as much cohesiveness it would have been forcing it a little bit it would have been forcing it a little bit i agree with that you know um and because we have like you know like tom and amber they're kind of the 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 bramble kids you know and stuff like that and it just tom is our current sports person of the year let's not diminish tom tom is our current sports person of the year and i just want to say that what's up tom yeah, what's up, Tom? Sometimes our sports person of the year turns out to be sports person of the years. Yeah. Because we, we, we were doing it annually for a little while, but then we don't. We need to put a line on that. And, yeah. and Cable was our first sports person. No, I oh, was. Sorry, Cassie was our first sports person. Cable was our second. Dan Davis was the third. And, and any, anyone who fourth. knows me knows how athletic I am. <laughs> well, so, it, it, it just it, doesn't show that anybody, anybody can, can do it. Hey, do you it. can't diminish yourself. You are still the record holder of golf wins, right? Seven opens in a row. Exactly. True. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, wow. What, is the, what does that mean? The, the, the golf. In other words, what people, is people set him up. The open. Why don't you talk about the open? What is an open cable? Let's talk about that. So the, the, the golf game, there's a, every, uh, is it Friday or Saturday now? It's it doesn't Friday. Matter. Friday. It's, 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 it's a sunrise. It's this, yes. horrible, it's this horrible golf game. <laughs> like, I hate like they, they shake you awake in the morning. And, no, or no, they no. used to, back in the day. They like, stay awake. Yeah. Well, Most of them. Yeah. You, it works best if you stay up all night and start drinking again at six. This takes place at Utopia? Yeah. Yeah, it's called the Utopia anyway. Open Invitational okay. Golf Tournament. Anyway, we've had it at Mammoth. We've played it in the snow. We had yeah. a snowstorm. We played it with orange balls in the snow. We hit a ball. It happens at any hit a ball. It just happened at Beequinox. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Beequinox story first, you said? No, I'm just saying the golf open happens at at every event that we're at. We yeah. just had one at Beacon Ox. Someone, oh, nice. someone that we who are not who's not a part of our group that never met named Mosh won the event. Um, so it's a golf game that happens at sunrise, usually on Saturday. We pit, we meet at a Friday. local location Friday or Saturday doesn't matter, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll put it in the who what when where. And, you know, like four or five people will start the game and then they'll see us as we move along through the course. So each, each hole is, is, a, uh, is like a next piece of art. So, right. it's like, so like whoever, has, whoever won the last hole sort of looks around and they're like, okay, the bloody clown, that's a piece of art that's about child molestation. Let's go to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or the porta potty. There's always a porta potty hole. (laughs) So we'll each take a turn hitting the golf ball closer to, like you said, the bloody clown. (laughs) And whoever can hit the bloody clown wins the hole. 
And whoever wins the most holes wins the tournament. It's in 18 holes, just like a regular round of golf. It takes four hours. We march around the whole campsite. It's a, it's a prank and a rampage all and you wrapped start, up in the water. you start with all your burner clothes on because you're freezing <laughs> at 6 o'clock. But within an hour and a half, it is now... You're in the desert, and so it's... Brutally hot. Your sticky balls. What was the first sticky balls? Sticky balls. I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. Sticky balls. Sticky balls. Man, two thousand nine. The stickiest balls occurred with cable. Oh my god! He played. Why were why were cable's balls so sticky? Because he was so hot. Because he was having sex with random people in porta potties. And I was wearing my polyester jumpsuit. Okay. <laughs> Poly- so there was a lot. There was a lot going on down there. Double-sided and, sticky tape down your. Oh, and I was also chafing there. after a couple days in the desert. Like yeah, you know. like you do. You're not believe that part, right? <laughs> because you have some self-respect left. Right, right. So, uh, so what, what was the first year you guys did this? Uh, the the golf game. Oh, it wasn't it been even before 2006. Yeah. Golf was like the first thing that we were doing. Before we did anything else, it's a pre-Zara uh, tradition. That you yeah, it's a pre-Zara tradition that happened on the playa, on the playa um, and it was a way just to um, to um, to go from, see some art, to see art, yes. really, and and, and, to, and to and to do because you had this wide open space. You and know? in the morning, it's it's pretty empty, and yeah. and that's yeah. another reason why we play golf in the morning because there's not a lot of people, and you can actually play a real golf tournament with a real golf ball and we, not a plastic ball like you have to use we have played with a real golf ball we've played with a, a plastic wiffle golf ball we now play with a foam golf ball which <laughs> after is kind of insurance claim we had to like, which is to kind of in between ball. both of them and you know it's a really funny thing when you see people get really crazy about you potentially hitting their art with a golf ball <laughs> Oh yeah. Like, you know you're gonna burn that, right? Right. <laughs> that was like... Wait, is, is, is the, so is the whole the, the art as long as you hit the art piece? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole. whole. Okay. Right. Whatever the person who won the last hole calls for the next hole. So, right, right. like for instance, if we were playing in this house, somebody can call the microphone, mm-hmm. and like whoever hits the microphone first would win the hole. Oh, or they could, a- or they could do something stupid and go, "Oh, you have to hit this leg of the microphone on this side of the microphone." It's not stupid. I'm just particular. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me a really great frame of reference for what it might feel like if my art piece was sitting there. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and as soon as you said that about Michael, Michael, you're not fucking throwing a ball. Like, oh my god! That's the best. So remember the rocket ship. Were you guys oh, rocket oh ship? That was. Oh the rocket ship creator is a dick. And the bird. Oh my god, that was so funny. He freaked the fuck he out. 2009. He created this huge metal rocket ship that didn't even take off. It never took <laughs> off. The fuck? Was it supposed to? I don't know, but uh, we played for hours. Right. Nothing happened. So, so you have people who are like that, and then you have other people who are like. Like there was this uh, one. Uh, wait, 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 let's get wait, wait, let's get on the rocket ship really quick. Okay, and it got hit from really far away, and it made a big ping. With a real golf ball. And he came out of his tent. and He was so offended, 
And and we were like, you remember there used to be like a gun range here <laughs> shoot at this shit, you know? And he he re- he really got mad. It was and you know what's funny? Every now and then there's somebody who wakes up and they get mad because there's twelve people there and they're having a good time and they're right really excited. Tent, right outside yeah. the tent, and they jump out of their tent and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And they see twelve people holding golf clubs and they're like, oh, I'm gonna go back in there. <laughs> It's so bizarre. I would tell people, like, are you aware, sir, that you are at Burning Man? <laughs> right. And, and for instance, we were at Bequinox last weekend, and I had to tell a couple of people, I'm like, this is not Sleepwinox. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's so good. It sort of is, though. No. <laughs> for you, it was. So, how much damage have we officially done? We don't admit We're not going to talk about that. Never, never, We've never broken anything, or cars, or windows, or art projects. That's never happened ever. No. Nope. You, so, hold on. Cable, you mentioned uh, hitting a golf ball. Oh yeah. So there was this nice lady who, like, in the morning, you know, she was she was half passed out. She was she was able to consent. Yeah. Wendy. Uh, <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> <No>, um, Joanne. <laughs> I know Joanne. Yeah, yeah. I remember. So, but and we were like, do you mind if we use your ass as a hole? <laughs> and she was so happy you. Just put those words together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it took us like 20 shots. Like, yeah, we were, like, she, she was elevated. She was elevated. Yeah. And so we had to get from the dirt up into her butt. To <laughs> yeah. it was, took a long time. She Do was I very know? patient. I don't Not know. Wendy. No. Oh, I have, Not Wendy. I have to bring up the time when Jay's mouth was a hole at the Riverside Open. I have to bring it up to Amber. She actually got it in his mouth. Oh wow. my god, that's awesome! Yeah, we, we don't encourage like moving, <laughs> moving things objects or people. Bad. That's yeah. bad. We always, oh yeah. Oh we, my god, trying to chase like a, like someone who's like on their own like little Burning Man journey, and you're like, if we could just get them, like, and you know, and we're going like really slow, and they're like, you know, trying to get somewhere. You're like, they're further away now than when we started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always an, a piece of art or um, a camp sign. Yeah. That's what we. Like you said to play. Did, did, did I hear wrong though that you said that you or hit one off the man? <laughs> oh yeah, no, we, we were, uh, when we hit one uh, off the man. Oh my god, we have hit off the man, and the Rangers sort of freaked out a little bit because it was a real golf ball that time. Because they came up and they were like, "What are you guys doing?" And we're like, "Oh, we are doing something crazy. We're, <laughs> we're playing golf." <laughs> and they were just like, "No, no, no, no! Wait, wait, wait. Somebody could get really hurt." And uh, we're like, "What? It's a wiffle ball." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And then as soon as the ranger turned and like, around, what's your name? And we're like, Paul Addis. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as they turned around, we put a real golf ball down, and of course, the most psycho person like drove it straight into the man. Oh, and it was screaming over people's heads. It was not very high. <laughs> It, it, and the Rangers were just like they got on their microphones and they're like, "Oh, I think we have a problem." <laughs> Wasn't that the year we interrupted a wedding with that? And then we interrupted a wedding. <laughs> Participated in a wedding. Yeah, yeah. participated in a wedding. I don't get it. People are like, "Oh, the tickets a waiver. I don't care if I die. Why are you playing golf?" That happened. So when we played, when I the one time I played on flyer with you and Jesse, right in two thousand eleven. I hit it, and this guy came in his bike, and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you're hitting with a hard golf, this is a real golf ball, and you could really hurt someone with it. 
you know, and, like, it's, it's, and we're like, and we're like screaming right? at our golf clubs. Why did you pick it up? <laughs> it was like it was so weird because right, you sign these waivers and you think people would kind of get a kick out of it, and he's like, and he's not the only one who's throwing a fit, right? Like, and you I have meet, people who freak out. Yeah, and I meet people all the time. They're just like, you're, and I'll be like, hey, um, they'll they'll say to me like, uh, you're gonna play golf at Sun Up. And at, at sunrise, but that's, you be that's crazy. And then I'll be like, "What are you gonna go do?" And they're like, "Well, I'm gonna go have sex with a stranger in a porta potty right now." <laughs> <All right. laughs> You're like, "Oh, well, yeah, uh, crazy." Oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I have with that one is the porta potty thing. Yeah, uh, yeah it happens. Uh, so oh well. my god, I love it. I'm, just as an aside, at Equinox, I literally saw a guy like just sitting on the floor of a porta potty while his like little rat like. Like peed or something, like a little four year old. Oh. But I was like, but I was like, it was just horrific. I'm like, who would just sit on the floor of a porta potty? Of all the places to sit, yeah. Uh, can you just Why like hold her above the yeah. porta potty? He sat outside and hold her up to pee. Yeah. And I and I, I meant rat because I love children. I meant uh, sure you are not. It's short for ratatouille. <laughs> you don't love children too much. No, no, no. I'm the appropriate amount. Okay. The appropriate they, and totally normal legal amount. <laughs> they taste like ratatouille. <laughs> the, uh, so the, you said the Zara Sports Lounge was was the inspiration for camp coming together, or did it happen no. after? No, it that's became, the next, it became the this Zara is the Sports next evolution. Lounge. Yeah. Okay, because you had the bar happening right before. The so bar, yeah, the bar, the bar right has been happening for years and years and years in various incarnations. Um, but that started in 2009 because right. Cable got tired of walking back to his camp for a fucking drink. I'm not, so I don't like to walk. He's like, right. he's like, <laughs> I think I want to put a bar next to the main stage, and and that's how it came. This is, be, this is be pre-Utopia. This is no, this, this is this is Decom yeah. out at uh, Hakumba. Okay. Uh, we have to go all the way back to Seamus, who really right. started. Sh- Seamus is really here, right? Seamus started the bar. Cable took over for many, many years with Carl. With Carl, yeah, the drunk tank. Me, you had, yeah, liquor in me and Steph. Liquor in the was my favorite one. So me and Steph <laughs> took over for FDLM one year. Only that, right. and then after we did FDLM, it was like, okay, no, doing that shit right, again. Yeah. <laughs> and was, I think it was Cassie or Bobby or both of them decided, no, let us do it. And I think that was the birth of XSL, the Zara yeah. Sports Lounge, lounge. lounge. the lounge. And yeah. since then, it was like so amazing. And then we all decided. Let's all do it together rather than one person. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the lounge, I just want to get this out. It, what makes it different uh, as we escalate into being more of a sound camp is that our lounge is about having... <laughs> a, do not call us no. a sound camp. We're not a sound camp. <laughs> so see. much as this episode is do not call us a... Oh, yeah, we're not thinking. We'll <laughs> see. But um, what makes it uh, different was we wanted to create a space where you could chill and hear live music, and that was really the catalyst, and have a a kick-ass bar. And don't forget Drunkyoki. Oh, yeah, Drunkyoki. Well, and so many of the people uh, involved in the XSL are musicians. Right. Um, very, and very talented and ones. You, you might hear one of those songs during the intermission. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, I think having that many performers, we're like, okay, now we, we need to do something with this. Well, and then yeah. Cable and Cassie came up with Drunkyoki, where we would have karaoke 
in our lounge, and I think we were one of the first groups to really pull it off successfully. Never, karaoke never happened before us. Never. It never, never happened. Existed. We were the first. Fuck the Japanese. We did Okay, they never had an MC, all right? True. No, we have oh, MC Cassie, by the way. True. The best and, MC in town. And I would like, we never got to that with the uh, Poetry Slam, but uh, Cassie's, uh, Cassie's MC, been... M- MCing of the Poetry Slam is literally the the best performance art that you will find at... Uh... Uh, I agree. It was phenomenal watching her up there. Yeah. yeah. Poetry cool. Slam and the XSL, like, it's, <laughs> it's the highlight. Yeah. We, have, we have a leader and a spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And you guys well, always stay for the last five minutes because that's when it. Oh really yeah, that's <laughs> really right. The last five minutes are the best. No, I quit. I started emceeing because, well, and I don't mean this to sound whatever, but um, you know, because it's just kind of the same group of keep people competing every year, and I felt like, I felt like I was I was dominating it too much, doing what I was doing, and I was like, I wanna I wanna step back, and I don't want to perform. You know, because I want other people to step up and perform. I don't want people to be intimidated because, you know, Loudmouth Cassie's always up there doing something. I'm like, ooh, Loudmouth Cassie, I can MC. <laughs> <laughs> so and you it, and it chose to be there between every act. Right. You know, and I'm like, I get completely more exposure than any entertainer. Yeah. And and it just, it started very, I hate this word silly, but organically at, at when we did the Poetry Slam at your house over there in Burton. Yeah. No, you just basically described the podcast. So was yes. that your first time? I'm just gonna host it. Yeah, I'd never done anything like that before. So, You've yeah. never been on stage before? Absolutely. Not like that. Like like how what was your experience before with like oh, public speaking? I mean, so. back in the day I was in you know, back in high school I was into <clears> drama <throat> and theater and went to speech and debate tournaments all the time. I was in I did debate in college. Nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. No, no, because you're amazing up there. I mean I, I think anybody who hasn't seen you I, I would I would say to anybody who hasn't actually been to the event, just watching you up there, even if all the acts were to suck, which they don't, that part alone is pretty fucking fabulous. Thank I, you. I was completely Beyond entertained. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And with yeah. the X, there's always someone who you're like, wow, that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's all, I mean, I don't, I've only been to what, two, but like there's, there's almost somebody like, okay, it's time for you to get off the stage. <laughs> no, 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 we already mentioned Vitaly. Vitaly and Eyeball, okay? <laughs> star, don't forget Star. Well, we, gotta, we have a rule now. No what? names, people. Oh, it, you know that the earth. This out, you can edit this out. <laughs> you're like, bleep. No, <laughs> if all the judges put an X on their card, you're done. <laughs> Where's uh, so 2012, you said was the first year the lounge, right? No, no that was when we first camped together. The lounge that was our sports lounge was 2015. Yeah. 15. This okay. is our third year, wow. yeah, in. and it's getting better every fucking year. Until yeah. it's gonna just hit the shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then it'll explain. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> All camps implode. I mean, I, like, we've had experience of being at amazing camps and it's imploded. Mm-hmm. We go back to the Purple Turtle days and it was the best. Okay. And it so just imploded. My favorite thing about everything San Diego Burning Man is, uh, is was when Ben says Purple Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, take the piss of my fake accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just say it a couple times for the, for the listeners, I think. Purple Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Purple turtle. <laughs> purple turtle. The year that I, the year that I discovered the community, uh, that was what the two thousand. That was the reason why mine is fixated on two thousand twelve because that was my first utopia. Uh, and Helen, 
had told me like you need to come to the poetry slam. And Speaking of fake accents, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's another one. She's an Indian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember like that was. Uh, um, I think just even discovering that event was probably the first time I started to see like oh, there's a lot more to this community outside of the. But it was still um, there's a lot to explore, and I remember like just learning about that was a big thing, and a lot of what you guys are describing. The reason it's so infectious is that it really is like in a lot of ways at the core of what Burning Man is about. Let's it's, put on a show. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's get ridiculous. It's yeah. the freaks and the weirdos and like every, it's very inclusive, you know, and, and it's just like over the top and every part of what you're describing over and over like I could we could if we had the technology to go in and remove all the uh, terminology XSLs are all that and just replace it with the word Burning Man, I think it would all still completely work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's all very effortless is the thing, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... There isn't, like, a sense here that, like, oh, this is the way that they're doing it, so we're going to do this thing. Like, it's just... It's a very... This is naturally the way that you guys are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very interesting to watch that dynamic. I'm I'm super glad, by the way, that this worked out the way it did with all of you here. Me, too. (laughs) I This is the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. You know, random, interesting side note, too. You guys usually all start yelling at each other, and then whenever Stephanie speaks, there's silence. (laughs) (laughs) She's in a because they know. She's just a quiet well, one. Well, I'm not. I'm, well, I'm quiet. You know. See, it just happens again. Everybody. They, 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 but they let me talk. That's why I love you. Oh. She's she's one of the strongest competitors you'll ever meet. Yes. Exactly. In, in, in anything you do. And if, you if, if you wanna if you wanna batter, who's gonna respect. hit the ball? Then you put Steph in because she's clutch. She's a guaranteed ball hitter. I mean, I know because my balls have been hit so many times. But um, that's not funny. That was low hanging fruit. (laughs) That was a good point. I know they are low, but um, (laughs) no, but I can guarantee you. Come on. She's clutch. She is definitely the one you want to put in to get the game going. I can guarantee that. Well, I just, I mean, I love you guys and I've had so much fun hanging with you and and exploring. And and like you said, it's, I think our group really is able, and Ben said it earlier, is able to find everyone's niche and and where everyone like belongs. And that's what makes it so special is because everyone kind of brings their little special talent, you know, whatever it is. And it just has blossomed into this really super fun not just, you know, events, but now it's this really fun camp that we're all creating. And, and, and when an asshole shows up, we get rid of them. We oh, yeah. do. True. We, we do. We do have We a, give them we several chances, line. though, to, to, like, you know, remedy their assholios, but they... Yeah. But we will. We have You're to. not the right type of asshole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. there, there is like one Wendy's. guy on notice right now. But for the most part, we are super inclusive. We we would love for anyone to come and hang with us, <laughs> we will to the camp with us, and we'll give everyone a chance until they wave a golf club like a mad person. <laughs> then we're like, okay, you gotta go, you know. And the amount of people that we've had to tell them like, listen, you're gonna have to leave. Our Should we either, listen? Either our game, <laughs> either our game or our camp or an event. Really less than on one hand. Yeah. I mean, really. Um everyone and and that speaks to the good sportsmanship that we all have and 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 we all allow each other the opportunity to shine and have their moment. You know, there's not one person who just <clears throat> is monopolizing 
the 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 spotlight you know except for me right now but but everyone has the opportunity to make the big hit or the make the big play or say the great poem um and everybody has that opportunity we've I mean, even had different coaches throughout the years kingsley cassie bobby you know and so it's and, not just the same coach right but the time. but at any time anyone could be the mvp mm-hmm. and that really is a spontaneous random thing that can be capitalized by anyone. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even... Uh, and you're, I think, out of... I could be wrong here. Definitely between me and you, you're the expert on sports. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I feel Maybe. like the way that Stephanie was describing it, like the dynamic, like there's a space for everybody to fit in, I feel like that's almost what the essence of sportsmanship was supposed to be when it's not overly fixated on athleticism. Like the idea that in a team there's going to be different positions that different people play. Um, again, keep going. Like very limited, limited... No, no, keep sports. going. You're really on yeah, something. Like, no. I think like, a, like in really soccer, like, like the, the world's MVP in soccer is like, uh, I think like the past multiple years in a row has been a guy who's never scored a goal before. Like this is a very American idea that we have that it's got to be the, the guy who does all the right. slam dunks, the one who does all the touchdowns, the quarterback. But really when you look at sportsmanship in the way that it feeds into... <clears throat> culture throughout human history has been that there's a position for everybody there's somebody who can do this there's somebody who can do this we all can work together absolutely because as a team we can get a lot more done if it's just one person absolutely right. for sure you know not everyone could be the face the mc you know like cassie and she does that better than anyone else and um, i don't know if anyone would challenge her but then you have other people like nate who does the stage and the sound and things like that and it's just as important if he doesn't do his job well, Cassie doesn't have a mic to talk into. Should, you, you can know? still hear her though. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fucking straight up truth, right there. You know, and, and that's one of the great things that you touched upon. I love that you mentioned that that everyone brings their strength in there, and I think that's what's made our camp evolve. It's like yes, there was four random straight shit shade structures. Excuse me. Shit shavers. Shit shavers. You know, we, <laughs> and somebody else had some generators and somebody else had some lights and somebody else had some sports equipment and, you know, we put it all together. Yeah. Um, this last year, by the way, uh, Kingsley and I were standing there and I was just like, I told you this actually, Cassie, like the, the, when you guys did with the turning the bottles, like the soda bottles into flowers. Right there. Yeah, those were absolutely incredible. Oh, just you wait until Wait till you see next year. Just, it's getting this better year. every year. We have super amazing plans coming up this year. Mm. Different layout. We're adding the carport. No, no, no. Don't, don't tell them. them. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sorry. You got to do we want to talk about show up. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to talk about this year? Or we, do we no. not? No. This is our planning session. How about right. this? You can, you can describe to the listeners who don't have access to Utopia what, this pa- what went into this past year's lounge. How did uh, the ideas on that start? Go. I'm not talking. Oh, well, so it's, and correct me if I'm wrong. So Zara and and the the festival that I actually never went to, but it was um, all, there was all these like great flowers and things as part of the decorations. And so the garden of the future, it was a garden of the future. And so this year they wanted to, as um, it was, you know, they wanted to do the, Bobby wanted to do the homage to that. So they took, um, we took our, our lounge and we cut up over 500, um, plastic bottles and we arted all over them. 
And then we decorated, we took them and we attached them through our, our, our bar, if you will, the carports. And then they were all black light reflective. And in addition to that, we, we created, and I'm not the, well, yeah, I am because I painted, but, um, like all kinds of furniture, Playa Tech and a bar. And so it was all very, um, black light reflective and it was How many just, people worked on that? Everybody. <sighs> All the at, at some point, I, I wouldn't say every, but there was, you know, we... It, Cable did the most. <laughs> no, I mean... It, everybody chipped in at some point. Well, I wouldn't say everybody because we're a pretty big camp, but mm. there's probably, you know, I would say, and I hate to go to the core, but the core group, you know, mm. did, you know, the majority of the work. And actually some people that weren't even going to Utopia with us right. came over and hang out and, and painted and cut and everything. Um, so probably, I'm going to say all told, but between... Inception to tear down twenty people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's a great thing because people who weren't there in two thousand and five or two thousand and six and gone to the Zara Festival, at least they got some sort of flavor for it, and some of the art that was there. And it was it, I got a really big kick out of seeing people. They're like, wow, they recycled you know plastic bottles and they turned them into these beautiful flowers or trippy looking flowers. And, you know, I got a kick out of it for the, like, like, this is such an old idea. This isn't even a new idea. This is, like, a decade old by now. But to see other people go, wow, we could have done something like that in yeah. turning well, trash into well art. Executed. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I met somebody at Bequinox this weekend, and I was talking to them, and yeah. she was like... Oh my God, that's your bar? That was your bar? We love that place. We kept just going there and hanging out, you know? And it, that just made me feel really It good. was good. We had benches, like, right on the, like, the long strip. Like, so people would dance at one end, and then they would, like, sort of trudge towards the next dance floor, and then they'd be like, oh my God, there's benches. I can, just, <laughs> I can sit and have some entertainment for a little while. <laughs> well, well, the best, the best thing they ever did, I'm sorry for stepping it's in, okay. but the best thing they ever did, and this was Phoenix and Dunn's idea, is to give me a cordless microphone. <laughs> because it became a lot more interactive for me and for the for the folks that were out there watching, even in the street, because when people were doing the drunk yoki and I'm, I'm emceeing, I'm like running around the crowd and we're singing with the, you know, with the guy on our gal on stage. And, and it just became very, to me, from my perception, a lot more interactive, you know? So, cause people, we were kind of like a waypoint at that spot. Um, you know, at Utopia, people are, are moving from one spot to the other and we're at this spot and they're like, what's going on here? And then they, they find this little oasis. And then they start singing Sweet Caroline. And that's right. You no, know, that's well, his name. Right. Well, that's the great thing about the lounge, because we love music just as much as other people, but you can hear techno everywhere. Yeah. But when you come to the lounge, you will not hear techno. You know, you're going to hear karaoke. People are going to sing their favorite songs, or a bartender is going to come on, and they're going to play... They're going to play tiki music and serve Mai Tais like Steph did, or... Or Juanita is going to play mariachi music and serve you a margarita. You're going to hear music there, but you're going to hear very different music than you're yeah. going to hear everywhere else. Our musicians are so talented. And, and you know, that's what makes singing and guitars. They are the most talented people you'll... I don't know if they are the most talented people at DCOM, but... The most talented people I've seen. He's, yeah. he's bought all their records. Nobody else has. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen their I have five <laughs> albums of theirs on my wall. <laughs> They, uh, yeah, I, I, I did hear multiple people <coughs> comment on that, uh, like how refreshing it was to be able to step into somewhere where there's a techno playing. And it was that, mind you, I'm, I'm, 
listeners know I'm a huge fan of techno and all that. But yeah, it is good to be able to take a break. No, not to not to step on that. I, yeah. don't, I don't I don't mean to step on that. You yeah, variety is the spice of life. Because because right. we all at some point want to shut down our lounge and go out and dance too. Mm-hmm. You know, but. When we're doing our thing, or, we just, work. or just go under a tent and listen to more. We do shut down, right? <laughs> or, well, I don't remember it shutting down at all. There's always a few loiterers at the department. Do to, let's talk about the unhappy the hour. Sort of yeah. the bar guy, <laughs> but it tends to be yeah. You know, it's so, not open to the public. Yeah, ooh, private. If you want to step into the dark, then. Oh, oh. <laughs> you never know what you find. Don't forget, exactly. Ben's sexy. He's it's gonna <laughs> step into the dark with Ben. His eighties throwback. Sounds like he should be a star, right? Seventies, something. Are you gonna do seventies this year? I did seventies. Yeah, last year. Oh, last year. I thought it was eighties. Hey, no. come to my seventies pajama party. It was a pajama party. It was a pajama party, and it rocked. But it wasn't well advertised. This year, it will be well advertised. So well, bring your best onesie to dance to some 70s disco. <laughs> and there's going to be a secret glory hole at the lounge this year. Oh. Oh. No, that's at your tent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my boyfriend you're talking about. <laughs> um, so do you guys, I already know the answer to this, but I have to ask, is there any plans to ever take it to the burn? We've, uh, oh. some of us have retired from the burn. <laughs> so... I for me, for me, I won't be there for it. I, you know, I actually um, went, sort of one of the interesting things. I went a couple of years, two two years ago, and um, I mean the burns changed a lot. And uh, one of the things that I actually found, like for the camp our size, is it like, and I saw lots of people put a lot of effort and were really trying to make something happen, but there was, I feel like at the burn, something of that size gets lost a little bit. Mm. Um, and what I would get at the burn was a lot of sort of a, a carnival parking, yeah. people trying to get you into their tents and right. like, um, and it sort of loses that, um, intimacy. I think that, you know, the found experience, uh, so I'm not, I'm not sure it would really translate as well. Carnival parking is an interesting way to describe it. <laughs> Things are happening. Uh, it's okay. We're wrapping up here pretty soon. No, okay. that has to do. <laughs> you know what? Um, some of our, our, so... I think some of the, the core people that I, I know we talked about not being core, but there are like, especially the Riverside folks, you know, some of them are teachers and things like that that just can't, can't get away to go to the burn, right. you know, or have other things, small kids in their life and things like that, that just kind of make it impossible to go to the burn. So to answer your question about taking it to the burn, I think there's been pieces of it because we're friends we've camped and we've done these things at the burn but I don't know that the XSL um, at least in the near future will go to the burn for kind of those reasons let me ask you but it's not completely closed no no of course not there's no absolute let me ask you a question Arash how many times have you been to the burn three I've been to the burn seven times you know your penis is way bigger no, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but, but, you know, <laughs> seven times or yeah. for me, and I can't speak for Cable's been to the burn how many times? Yeah, like fifteen. Fifteen times. You know, there gets to be a point for each individual person where they've been there and they've done that, and there are other things they want to explore. For the time, um, I my last burn was or just a mortgage they want to twenty. Pay. Yeah, <laughs> you, had, you had a mortgage you have to pay, you know, but. Um, like 2011 was my last burn, and um, after that, 
you know, there was a lot of things and places I wanted to go. Um, I've been to Germany. I've been to uh, Berlin. I went to Paris and France. I've but have to, you ever been to you? Yeah, every day. <laughs> I went to I went to Maui and Hawaii with Steph and Ben and Cassie. You know, there are lots of other places that you know on the planet I want to explore besides Burning Man. Right. You know, so in. I, that's why I love the regional burn so much because because it's right here in our backyard. It's only it's less than a hundred miles away, mm-hmm. and all our friends are there for the most part. When I go to the burn, you know I might not see the people here at the table all week long. If we're on one side of the camp and or one side of the playa, and someone's on the other side of the playa, I might not see them for the whole thing. You know, but, I'm not leaving camp. But at least at Utopia. You know, I have a chance of seeing my friends and things like that. And um, I love Burning Man. If it wasn't for Burning Man, I wouldn't be with Cassie. I wouldn't I wouldn't know any of the people here at this table, really. You know, but after seven burns, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to. And it's down. a lot different. It's a lot different. It's a lot different than it used to be when I, when go, when I used to go, for sure. Yeah, and to me, the regional burns anymore are kind of. I know I think that's kind of the way the board is going, too, as far as moving, you know, things to the regional burns and wanting um, those regions to kind of, you know, be more involved in doing their thing. And and that's one thing. um, I mean, I actually would rather go explore more regional burns than the big burn. You know, we went to, you know, we've been to Beeflinox the last couple of years, and I've joined some um, other regional burns from people I met at the GLC last year. And kind of just kind of been following their regional burns. I wouldn't mind kind of doing some road road tripping and going to some regional burns. And, I was just gonna say that it would mm-hmm. be really cool to do it somewhere else at another regional. Yeah, yeah. it would be a blast. Yeah. yeah, the XSL. Right, like yeah. a like a in Utah, they have a regional burn there. Element Eleven, that's so really good. Flip side, or flip side or, in Texas, yeah. in Mexico, something not out of the and, desert. Yeah. So, well, then, Saguaro Man probably wouldn't be the one you want to go to. Then. That's oh, no, that's a good one. We yeah. have a lot of friends in Arizona, for sure. Yeah. We have a I lot want, of friends. I want there. some, like, nice Dude. lush forest. Isn't the... Lakes of Fire. That's yeah. up in, um, like, like northern, like, Chicago, Michigan area. There's, like, it's it's the Great Lakes area. Oh, yeah. I mean, and those people are cool. I've met some... <laughs> I've met some folks, and I, I follow their their stuff online, and, and they sound like they have a lot of fun. Miami. Miami, they're, they're burns, like, on the beach. And we're you know? pretty much wherever, like, someone from, whenever someone from the XSL goes to some event, they start a golf game. Yes. Or they, you know, try to make something happen. So. That's that's the transportable part of the league. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like the snow golf <laughs> game at Mammoth. The I won, by the way. That Cassie won. Yeah. Then I came second, and Sarah. Beautiful. And a snowstorm. That was. I could have hit the other way, but no. I know we're wrapping this up, and I don't mean to bang on the table. But when is the poetry slam next? April eighth. It's April eighth here in San Diego. Where it's a where is it? Colab. At Colab. <laughs> what is the Colab? The Colab is actually a build space um, in San Diego that is sponsored by. SD Cap and SD Cap is um, the San Diego Collaborative Arts Project, who um, the entity that gives out art grants and things and helps sponsors Utopia well as well. 
Is 100% of the donations from the Poetry Slam going to go to the collab? Absolutely. As for the last two years, 100% of the donations that we collect at the Poetry Slam will be donated. To How much money was Slam. donated last year? I don't remember, but it was about 500 bucks. Nice. Mm-hmm. Same as the year before, about 500 bucks. April 8th. That's April a Saturday. 8th. It is a Saturday. That's in two weeks? Uh-huh. Shit, I better start writing my poem. So if, if a listener is interested in getting involved with the league, how do they find you guys? We are on Facebook as the Zara Sports League, and that's X-A-R-A. Sports League. Sports League. Get over there, shoot a message, you can follow it that way, and you can find out when there's events happening, uh-huh. and games, and absolutely random shenanigans. We have over 200 members. Don't, is that we have, we yeah. have 200? We have over 200. Mm, for sure. There are 201 members. One <laughs> <laughs> members. Beautiful. Well, guys, uh, I just thank you so much for everything that you do. I can tell you personally, uh, the lounge has been like a huge part of my experience and my journey and a lot of the connections that I've made. And Wait till you see the lounge this year. I don't want to hype I'm not supposed to talk about it. I don't want to hype it up, but we got plans. I've, I've already been told off, so... We're not doing anything. Everyone shut up. Just show up. Not a sound cam. Not a sound cam. Not a sound cam. Show up. That might be in the description of the episode. But seriously, though, thank you. Thank you guys on behalf of the whole community for all of the work that you put in so that we can all enjoy it and experience it. Um, You guys are amazing. Love all of it. Thank you. Play with us. us. Don't pound on the table. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) So much pounding in this episode. Hey, no mid-show break again. Yay. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to check out Burner Podcast Presents Alkaline. I wouldn't shut up about it in the intro. That's over at BurnerPodcast.com. Also, while you're there, you might want to check out Into the Fire, hosted by Super Suze out of the Bay Area. Suze has this really great kind of NPR-ish presence. She's like Terry Gross reincarnated as a burner. I don't know if Terry Gross... Terry Gross might be a burner. I don't know. Anyway... Burner Podcast is released on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. You might have noticed that this last month it was a little off schedule. We apologize for that, but you still got your shows. Uh, and it is available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, among many others. The show is not hard to find. Today's episode was produced by executive producer Meg King. The show is regularly produced by Eddie Ranghel uh, with support from our amazing team which include associate producer Tori Massey who does a fuck ton of work for this show as well as Alkaline uh, online editor Ramiro Martinez sound engineer sound, blah, 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 sound engineer Freckle uh, among many others we thank you dear listeners for all of your support uh, if you haven't already please go like us on Facebook and that's it that's the only social media channel we're pushing Our opening music, America's Horse With No Name Remix, is produced by Joe Man. Check out his music over at soundcloud.com slash DJ Joe Man. So until next time, love and light and all that other crap. Good night.